1: Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread on this week number two of the NFL season, week number three in college football. And with that, we're also most grateful to be here with you this week after Hurricane Irma came knocking on our door down here in South Florida. And, Victor, I think it's safe to say that uh, uh, we can thank the man upstairs above for the fact that nobody here down here in our area, our family, our friends, uh, was really taken aback with any losses other than some property damage. And uh, all in all, I think we made out of it pretty good.
2: I agree, Mark. We're a little bit uh, disheveled, a little bit disoriented. Nothing like a full week of college football and NFL to get us back on track. And you're right, the Playbook family, we're fine. We feel for basically any resident in the state of Florida. Basically, you know, the entire peninsula felt the wrath of this hurricane Uh, I was down at Key West about four weeks ago, and the lower keys look especially bad right now. Of course, all of our friends over there on the west coast, the Fort Myers area, the Marco Island area, they got the storm surge. They were hit pretty hard. But, you know, we felt the wrath of that northeast quadrant of the hurricane, which is some of the most intense weather. You know, we were talking before the show, and there must have been 15 or 16 tornado warnings, that is for sure. Uh, I know we had a couple that looked like they may have touched down in our street. The houses made it out okay. The humans are okay. The pets are okay. I don't know about you, but my neighborhood looks like a war zone with so many trees down. We lost a huge 80-foot tree in our front yard. We're very thankful it didn't fall on the house. It didn't fall on the cars. It fell directly into the street. Again, a little uh, disheveled heading into the weekend, but Mark, we also want to thank all of the people, the Playbook subscribers, Total Tip Sheet subscribers, uh, our friends, especially our point man in Texas, who earned his nickname, Texas Tornado, and that would be Steve Crabb. And he was kind of helping orchestrating things, keeping us in touch with each other via text, via emails. And uh, again, Steve is a great uh, friend to the Playbook family.
1: He sure is. Uh, He was a point guard, like you say, Victor, on Hurricane Watch for us, and it was really, really helpful. Really, really thankful that uh, he was uh, willing to do just that and keep us in the loop about what was going on. As we mentioned, fortunately, uh, you and I did not lose power in our homes, unlike a million other people down here who did. So, you know, I think uh, going into the battle, into the war, knowing what's coming, the thing you ask for first and foremost, other than uh, the blessing from the man upstairs to keep the family safe and sound is not to lose power, you know, because when you lose power, you're losing your life's ability to, uh, to be comfortable, to be able to do things that you're accustomed to doing. That's electricity. That's phone, power, internet, food, refrigerator, air everything. conditioning. <laughs> yeah. Big time, <laughs> big, big time, you know? Uh, and in fact, uh, I'm going to pass this along. This is just, this is kind of a cute story. I was, on my way into the office yesterday with my granddaughter, who stayed with us all throughout the hurricane, she's still with us now because they don't have power at their house. And we're riding through the neighborhood and all the trees are down and everything, all the debris in the road and everything. And she says, you know, Grandpa, she says, that Hurricane Wilma, she was sure a bitch, wasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> and you know out of the mouths of little ones comes the i guess the what they truly feel what they hear and uh what they see and it's exactly what it was but you know by the grace of god once again we've made it through uh, we're happy about that and uh uh we made it through another one we've learned our lesson and uh all we can do is look forward, like you say, Victor, to football this weekend, and uh, kind of carried us a little bit through last week. I have Direct TV, so watching football games on Direct TV for me last week was really impossible. <laughs> impossible. Mm-hmm. When there's weather, when there's bad weather, it's impossible. When there's a hurricane, it's like forget about it. But uh, nonetheless, it was still nice to be able to get the updates uh, that we were able to get uh, on the local stations, and uh, also the ones that our good friend, the Texas tornado Steve Crab, was sending along to us along the way. And talking about college football, uh, we are now into what would be week number three. If the first four or five games of the season were week zero, this would be week number three for college football. And uh, all in all, I think a very good looking college football card this week. We're going to talk about that in detail. A little bit, Victor, if you would, a little bit of overview of what we saw last week in the world of college football.
2: Right. Another decent week for the underdogs, 25 and 20 against the spread last week. So, into the two plus weeks of the season thus far, dogs stand at 47, 41, and 1 against the spread. There hasn't been, of course, a lot of conference games. Conference underdogs 3 and 3. The non conference variety 44, 38 and 1. And again, it was those large dogs that so far have done the best overall on the season. I've got them at 18 and 12 ATS for underdogs of 21 or more points but you know Mark down here in South Florida it's kind of still hot these days and maybe that's where we should go next in terms of our college football segment.
1: Yeah a little hot down here there's also hot in the terms of uh, these college football coaches that have really gotten off to poor starts this year and there have been a good handful of those and those suddenly have turned up the seat if you will the hot seat in the world of college football and uh, you know it's a topic that's Really, really interesting to talk about because uh, you can see it happening. You can form opinions on that. And I would say, Victor, uh, my initial take is, uh, of the college football coaches that appear to be in a hot seat right now, my take of the first three that I would put at the list where the seat is warming up, uh, and I I want to get your opinion on this as well, is, uh, number one, I have to put Kevin Sumlin, Texas A&M, right on the top of the list for a lot of the things that Texas A&M has not done this year that's performing on the football field. Number two, Tyson Summers, the head coach at Georgia Southern. This is a football program that's really gone south since he's taken over the helm there last year. They were the leading rushing team in college football before he took over the program. Their ground game is nowhere to be seen last year and especially this year. And You just have to scratch your head and wonder if if he's just trying to implement a program there that uh, isn't implementable with the players that he has on hand here. I don't know what's going on with Georgia Southern right now, and neither do the fans there. And I'd say, number three, a little bit of a sneaker surprise coach out there that maybe some people might not agree with. But uh, if they lose this week like they're supposed to lose, all of a sudden, uh, Kalani Satake at BYU, all of a sudden the good things that they did last year at the eight wins is going to go right out the window because they don't stand for losing at BYU for very long. So I'm going to make him my surprise sneaker, number three, coach on the hot seat this week. Victor, how do you see the hot seat performing in college football this year?
2: I would definitely admit that uh, Texas A&M tops the list there in Sumlin. And a guy we talked about prior to the season, Todd Graham from Arizona State. In fact, you can probably name those two schools as perhaps the chalk in terms of where will Chip Kelly land next year. I would would submit to you perhaps Texas A&M, perhaps Arizona State, Maybe even staying in state, and Chip Kelly going to Arizona, and uh, Chip Kelly at Notre Dame, perhaps. I may also include him as far as Chip Kelly's top four landing list for next season. Is there a potential revolving door in Waco? Who knows? You know, Matt Rule came over from Temple, and Baylor now has dropped eight consecutive regular season games, heading, uh, uh, including last season. Not to mention their losses this year were to, what, Liberty and Texas San Antonio. So who knows what's going to happen there in Waco. Uh, A guy I would also add would be perhaps Gary Anderson, the third-year guy at Oregon State. This is a team that, uh, what, lost 30 by 31 points to Colorado State right out of the gate. They barely got by FCS, Portland State, winning by only three. Then, of course, they lost at home by 34 points to Minnesota last week. That was Minnesota's biggest road win in, heck, 30, 32 years. So in terms of the point spread, Oregon State and the Beavers have lost by 28 points, by 23.5 points, and by 36 points. So I would also submit Gary Anderson of Oregon State as well.
1: That's a good list there, Victor. And in fact, uh, you know, I I think the obvious at top of the list other than Kevin Sumlin would be, as you mentioned here, the parlay, the two Arizona coaches, Rodriguez and uh, Todd Graham, who are really, really feeling the heat in the desert these days and justifiably so. And uh, I'm going to throw another name in there before we shift over the NFL side. We'll talk about the NFL coaches in the hot seat here in a moment. But another coach who don't be surprised by season's end if he's no longer there and it's coach it looks appears to be fairly comfortable right now but i can see this program going backwards quickly here and that might be you take a look at uh university of tennessee that's football program right now under butch jones is really backpedaling and i'm saying that because if you look at last year they opened up the season five and oh and they ended up uh going out in the last football games just two and five the rest of the regular season and they're while they're 2-0 to start the year here, they're struggling. Uh, they were out-yarded over 200 yards against Georgia Tech in that victory to begin the football season here. Then they beat Indiana State like they were supposed to. If Florida handles this team this year, you can make room next week to put Butch Jones in that list, that look list to Tennessee, because they don't stand for losing there as well. Let's talk. take it over the NFL side, Victor. We'll segue right into NFL, what happened last week, but more importantly, let's stay with the subject of Coaches on the hot seat in the National Football League. Some coaches are struggling here right now, and uh, I would say my top two coaches, I think might be the obvious, but they're the top two coaches that could be on the hot seat right now. One would be Chuck Pagano at uh, Indianapolis, the Colts. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of what revolves around in the National Football League winning is the health of the condition of the quarterbacks, and his quarterback is no longer healthy. That's Andrew Luck, and he may not be healthy. And if he's not, it could be uh, the pink slip here for Chuck Pagano by at least the end of the football season. The other guy, Marvin Lewis at Cincinnati, who had a horrible football season last year and maybe the worst debut of any team in the NFL this past week. You get blanked at home as a favorite in a division football game. You don't score a point. We'll talk about the red-faced New England Patriots as well in here in just a moment here. But i got to make Pagano one, Lewis two, and possibly John Fox number three would be on my list. What's your take on the NFL side of things, Victor?
2: I got two more I'll throw at you, but let me comment on your two to begin with in terms of Chuck Pagano. He's got to be number one on the list. You know, his team didn't look capable of beating the Rams, even if Andrew Luck was healthy. And on a side note, I heard that uh, Jim Irsay was out there on the West Coast during uh, that weekend, that opening weekend last week, covertly scouting perhaps his next hire. And that would be, in my opinion, David Shaw out of Stanford, which to me would make a lot of sense for the Colts. I mean, after all, he coached Andrew Luck in college, and I think he would be an interesting fit for Indianapolis there. Uh, You also mentioned Marvin Lewis. His deal does expire after the season. He's never won a playoff game in 14 years. So naturally, he deserves to be on that short list as well. How about Todd Bowles of the New York Jets, you know, His roster basically doesn't have 53 NFL caliber talents on it. And the question, of course, that might be asked would be, does he want to really hang around after what is going to be an ugly 2017 season? And another one I might throw out there because uh, things change quickly up in the Big Apple. Ben McAdoo, and the Giants, they looked terrible in the preseason. They looked really bad in uh, week one on Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys And yeah, he had a real strong showing in 2016, but the weather changes very, very quickly in New York. And this guy who's supposed to be an offensive guru landed uh, in addition to Odell Beckham, uh, Brandon Marshall as well in the offseason, a couple of good uh, wide receivers, Sterling Shepard last year from Oklahoma, the tight end Evan Ingram as well. And the offense looks shockingly inept against the Cowboys defense that's not in the top 10 in the league, if you ask me. So I would also throw out there Todd Bowles and Ben McAdoo, both of the Big Apple. We'll
1: make that the New York parlay, like the Arizona parlay for <laughs> college football. <laughs> the New York right. parlay, the Jets and the Giants coaches on the hot seat this week as we speak. And uh, as we speak, Victor, here, any update of what you saw in the National Football League, noteworthy-wise, maybe dogs, favorites, totals that you saw uh, coming out of week number one last week?
2: In terms of ATS results, it was pretty much a split out weekend. Favorites won 7 games or covered 7 games. Dogs covered 7 games, 1 ATS tie. So it was 7-7-1 seven, seven, across the board. Road favorites went 2 and 3, home favorites 5, 4 and 1. The most significant thing from the weekend has to be for totals players. 5 overs, 10 under. 67% of all games went under the total. The interesting part was that it was the primetime games that were the highest scoring games with the Thursday night game going over, both Monday night games going over. Yes, the Sunday night game went under. I think we did uh, advise a look at the under in that Giants-Cowboys game in last week's podcast, and we hit on that one. But take away the primetime games, and uh, the quality of play in the NFL was actually pretty bad on Sunday in terms of scoring Of the 12 games played on Sunday afternoon in the early kickoffs and the late afternoon kickoffs, only two games went over and 10 games went under. And, of course, one of those unders was that nice one that we threw out from the totals tip sheet with Atlanta and the Bears going under the total. But, again, if you ask me, uh, the primetime games generally were pretty exciting, but the Sunday afternoon games were kind of ugly.
1: Yes, they were. uh, Low-scoring, boring football games. Kudos to the Victor's playbook totals tip sheet sweeps the board last week, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Victor was right on to the under week number one in the National Football League side of things. And uh, one more note here, Victor, before we move on here. Uh, our good friend Steve Crab also nominates our red-faced teams of the week each week. He sends us a list, and uh, I think the obvious has to be the New England Patriots for being that red-faced team this week, uh, laying that big egg at home, defending Super Bowl champions not only losing, but getting completely outplayed by Kansas City in the football game. But the criteria for backing these red-faced teams is basically taking on an opponent that's kind of fat and happy off a win as well. And when New England uh, takes the field this week against New Orleans, that won't quite be the case. But uh, I think for our purposes, we'd have to make New England the red-faced team in the NFL this week. Would you agree with that, Victor?
2: I'll definitely agree with that. They made Alex Smith look like a, a Hall of Fame quarterback.
1: Yes, they did. Uh, you know that. Uh, you know you got the ugly losses we talked about here. Cincinnati laying that goose egg at home, being on the backside of what the L.A. Rams did in their first football game. That was a real stunning surprise. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Maybe red-faced themselves in that same manner. But uh, again, they're taking on Arizona, who is a little bit disappointed as well. So we'll see how it all shakes out this week. Number two of the National Football League coming up right around the corner. Don't you go away. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear apart our college football game of the week. A dandy inside the ACC. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence against the spread.
0: need guaranteed that's my as in apple and g as in games tell them mark lawrence sent you only the biggest only the best only at mybookie.ag. sign up today think you know sports
3: let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app firefan get in the game now with a free download at firefan.com use the promo code free firefan it's fun it's social it's competitive it's interactive it's free and it's going to change the way you approach game day at firefan.com play by yourself Form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code FREEFIREFAN. That code again is FREEFIREFAN. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code FREEFIREFAN now at FireFan.com. Welcome back,
1: everybody. Mark Lawrence. along with Victor King. We're going against the spread this week number two of the National Football League season. Week number three in college football. And with that, it's time for our college football game of the week. Kicking off inside the ACC of beauty when the defending national champion Clemson Tigers travel to Louisville to take on the Cardinals. Victor, a marquee game in college football for sure this weekend. Your take on the Cardinals and the Tigers.
2: You know, it could already be the game of the year in the ACC with Florida State losing their quarterback in week one. These two could very easily be the best two teams in the ACC, and heck, uh, they could battle it right down to the end for the ACC title. The uh, Tigers, of course, they showed off their offense in the opener. They relied on great defense in that 14-6 to win against Auburn last week. Uh, honestly, though, both looked very, very capable when the uh, game plan called for their performance what do we got here? We have got Clemson, a what road favored by about three points in this game. The over-underline opened at 61. It's dropped three full points. The last time I looked, it was at 58 points. Last year's meeting was a definitely a big time shootout. The over-underline was 64. Of course, Clemson had that 42 to 36 win over Louisville. The game did end up going over by 14 points. And not only that, there was 1,075 combined yards of offense from both teams in that particular game. It definitely was a shootout. The two previous meetings, though, in 2015 and then back in 2014, both of those went under the total by 17 and by 7 points, respectively. Of course, Clemson winning by 320-17 to in 2015. And then also in uh, 2014, a six-point win by Clemson, 23-17. to 17. All games were close. That does give Louisville triple revenge. I think the one thing that we can possibly predict in this game is it's probably going to be close like the other ones. All three of the previous meetings have been by seven or less. So we'll probably figure the team that wins this week is going to be winning that game by seven or less points as well. In terms of over-unders, Louisville was 8-5 and five over-under last season. Clemson was 7-7-1. Seven, seven and one. And both teams have started this season with one over and one under each. For Louisville in their opener against Purdue, that game that was played in the Dome there in Indiana, 35-28, uh, to 28, the over-under was 66. It went under by three points. They did come back last week. And they outscored North Carolina in a shootout-type game, 47 to 35. The over/underline was 65 and a half. It ended up going over by 16 and a half points. So one and one for Louisville in terms of over/unders. And the same with Clemson. They went over by eight and a half in their opener against Kent State. They did all the heavy lifting themselves. Uh, they won 56 to three. The over-under line was 51 and a half. It ended up going over by about eight points. But uh, we just touched on that one. And last week against Auburn in that 14-6 game, of course, it went under big time against that SEC opponent going under by 34 and a half points. Of course, stats and numbers, they're skewed right now. Each team has played, what, approximately two games and against non-conference opposition. So much of the stats are basically meaningless right now. We'll say this, though. Louisville's got, what, 614 yards per game of offense? Number five uh, in college football. Clemson, 479 yards per game in offense. One thing, of course, that is significant. And, yes, they played Kent State and Auburn. But Louisville is number two in overall defense, allowing only 248 yards per game and only four and a half points per game. At the number of 61, Mark, I like the under. I got this game pegged pegged somewhere to finish around 54, 55, 56 points in that range. So at the opening number of 61, we had a little bit of a cushion there, a five-, six-, seven-point cushion. But the line has gone down three points already to 58. I think it's going to continue to go down. So with that said, there's no more value in the game, so I'm going to have to pass on the over-under. Again, if it's stuck at the 61 opening line, we would have come in with an opinion on the under. As it is right now, it's probably going to be a close game. going to probably come right down to the wire, but we're going to pass on the total.
1: Victor passes on what could have been an underplay in the Clemson football game, had the total state anywhere near the opening mark of 61 points, but his opinion leaned to the under, passing the contest from his betting perspective pocket in the game. As he mentions, a marquee matchup, not only in the ACC, but on the college football card this week. Clemson comes in. 15-1, their last 16 games away from Death Valley. This football team knows how to win games home and away. Their loss in that 15-1 and one streak was to Alabama in the national championship game two years ago. So winning away from home is nothing foreign to the Clemson Tigers, the defending national champions. Uh, we come in here noting that defending national champions who are favored in matchups of undefeated versus undefeated teams in the role of a favorite, the defending champs are just 23 and 33 to the spread, 5 and 13 when laying points on the road. Dabo Swinney himself, in matchups of uh, when he takes on an undefeated opponent, he's 11 and 6 straight up and against the spread. He's handled himself really, really well in games against unbeaten opponents. Uh, also, in that same role, when he's on the road. Coming off a win in cover, he's 11-4 to the spread. So pretty good positive numbers for Clemson, rightfully so, because his football team has been doing nothing but knocking down wins and point spread covers of late, especially the last two years. Victor mentions triple revenge in this football game for the Louisville Cardinals there. And Bobby Petrino is one of the best coaches in college football when it comes to exacting revenge. 23-12 and 12 to the spread in his career in this particular role at home. Not only 13 and four to the spread, but 12 and five straight up. Good rolls for Bobby Petrino when it comes to extracting revenge. He's struggled, however, in games against undefeated opponents. He's only 12 and 17 straight up, 15 and 14 to the spread in that particular role. And if you take a look, your home underdog rolls for Louisville you think would be juicy. They're not. He's only two and eight to the spread the last 10 games as home dogs. But the bottom line to me is the revenge factor in this contest, and Lamar Jackson, the quarterback. Huge edge here this year. Last year, it was almost even or negated by Deshaun Watson being there with Clemson. He's not. Right now, you've got a new freshman quarterback at the helm here for Clemson here. Lamar Jackson, Jeff Brom from Purdue, I was listening to a radio show, and he made the comment about head and shoulders, the best football player in college football this year and last year. Even more so this year was his contention. He says, you have to realize we had Five months to get ready for him in the first football game of the season here. And they poured through film. They did everything they could uh, everything they could about Lamar Jackson. They still lost the football game. They were out-gained by almost 200 yards in the contest. Now the Clemson's got one week to get ready for Lamar Jackson here. And remember this. Last year, Louisville lost in Death Valley 42-36, to a close call game as a one-point favorite. Now they're a three-point home dog. That's a reversal. Going from road favorite to home dog, all inside of one year with major triple revenge. I'll grab the points of Louisville for my side in this big ACC showdown on Saturday. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to go over to the National Football League side of things. We'll tear down the biggest game on tap in the NFL, the Green Bay Packer-Atlanta Falcons game Sunday night. And we'll also hop out to Las Vegas, checking with Andy Isco to get the Vegas vibe, and to find out what's going on in the Superbook record-setting contest. That and a whole lot more to come. Here on Mark Lawrence against the spread.
0: Hey, sports fans! Football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at MyBookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today.
3: Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game? Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code VegasFireFan. It's fun. It's social. It's competitive. It's interactive. It's free. And it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself. Form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code VegasFireFan. That code again is VegasFireFan. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code VegasFireFan now at FireFan.com.
1: Hey, welcome back everybody. This is Mark Lawrence host Hurricane Irma along with Victor King as we go against the spread for week number two of the National Football League this week. We're going to go right to the Sunday night football game, a big football game in Atlanta where they debut their Mercedes Benz Stadium, the official debut of that magnificent palace in Atlanta when the Falcons host the Green Bay Packers. Victor, this should be one heck of a football game Sunday night. Your take on the Falcons and the Packers.
2: You know, not only that, but it's the debut of Mercedes-Benz state-of-the-art football stadium, and it should be interesting to see what kind of twist they have there in the city of Atlanta, a big revenge affair. That is definitely the case as Atlanta won, not one, but both meetings last year. Of course, uh, in the regular season, they played each other and in the playoffs as well. So these two teams, we've got the over-under of 54. It's come down about a half a point. I'm seeing some 53-and-a-halves out there. We've got Atlanta favored by a field goal in the game. And again, I mentioned they've played each other three times in the last three seasons, including the playoffs. In 2014, this is just from an over-under perspective, over-under line, 54-and-a-half. Green Bay wins 43-37. to that's 80 points in the game and it goes over by 25 and a half points in last year's first meeting 51 was the over under the game played in Atlanta Atlanta wins 33 to 32 the game goes over by 14 points and then finally in the playoffs in the playoffs when they couldn't set over under lines high enough for the Atlanta Falcons a team that went 16-2 and 1 over under last season the over under line in that playoff game In January, 59 and a half. And, of course, it still goes over the total. Atlanta beating Green Bay 44 to 21 in the playoffs. The game goes over by five and a half points. So the last three meetings, the over-under line 55 average combined points 70.0. So despite the high over-under lines, all three of which were 51 or higher, These two teams have still averaged 70 points per game against each other. And it's got me taking a look at a little bit of overaction on Sunday night as we join Al Michaels and the NBC crew. Again, you know, Mark, these were two of the league's best over teams last season. We mentioned Atlanta's gaudy number in which they averaged 34 points per game on offense. Record-setting numbers for that offense. And allowed 25.3 points per game on defense. The average Falcon game last year tallied 59.4 points per game, and Green Bay was no slouch either. You know they started the 2016 season going under in four of their first six games, but from then on in, it was all about the over. 11 and two in their last 13 games, including the three playoff games. Green Bay games averaged 52.7. They ended up going 13 and six over under last season. Not that it matters, but the Packers did go a perfect 0 four over under in this recently concluded preseason, and Atlanta went one and three over under in the preseason as well. Of course, not that important, but I'm liking me a little over action in this game, Mark. Particularly if you can get it at 53 and a half or less. Of course, sharp totals players know that 54 and 55 are key numbers. Many different scoring combinations can end with a game finishing right on 54 or right on 55 points. And you know by the time we get to game day, this over-under line could very well be to 55, 56 points. So if you're going to join me, do what you can, shop for the best line, maybe get that play in a couple of days earlier, and we'll recommend a small play on over the total of 53.5 points And what should be a very exciting Sunday night shootout.
1: Victor recommends an overplay on the 53-and-a-half in the Packers-Falcons football game. And before I get to my side in the game, Victor, here just reminiscing a little bit, you mentioned the key numbers in NFL totals, 54 and 55. And that takes me back a ways, back to the 2005 Stardust Handicapping Contest. That was the year I was able to beat Steve Fezzik in the finals of the contest. And I'll never forget that in the finals, we had to submit seven games And we matched up on four of those seven games. So it came down to just a three-pick contest, if you will, for the final uh, uh, seven games to win and determine the championship. And uh, one of the games that we matched up on was a Pittsburgh Steelers football game. And the reason we did was because the total in the game was 41 points. And we each talked about the fact that 41 was the number one key number in NFL football (laughs) totals at the time. And because we had the 41, we had the luxury. We both played under. It was one of the games we matched up on, and it went dead under. But here we are now, 12 years later, talking about NFL football totals. 41 would be a weather condition number. Right. That's how the game has changed. But a pretty interesting observation here about the way totals have changed in the National Football League due largely to the style of play that they play the game at today. This will be a big football game here Sunday night when the, the Green Bay Packers, as Victor mentions, go into Atlanta with double revenge last year, losing in the NFC Championship game last year. They were one game away from going to the Super Bowl here. The Packers come into this football game here 4-0 and the last four games when playing with double revenge exact. It's a Sunday night football game. The Green Bay Packers 6-1 and to the spread Sunday night's Road Dogs when looking to exact revenge as well. And also, you're talking about here in this contest, the stats, we're looking at the angles here. I want to throw this interesting note out here last week, though. The midweek alert comes out next week, and that's all about statistics and tearing them down, looking inside the numbers here. Last week in the National Football League, the one unique thing about the way things evolved is every football team that won last week out-yarded their opponent. There was not any phony inside-out wins in the National Football League at all. It was spotless, a clean week for the NFL. So if that pattern continues here, the team that out-yards the other opponent should be in good shape here. The problem here is we don't know which team is going. that's going to be because they both bring high-profile offenses into this football game here. Matt Ryan, the quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, the league's MVP last year, he was 0-6 in his previous six games against NFC North opponents until he took Green Bay down twice last year. Ryan's also was spotless, 8-0 straight up into the spread in home opening games in his NFL career with the Atlanta Falcons until last year when he lost his home opener. And as we mentioned, this will be the beauty in the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the debut of that. Bottom line to me, you got the Atlanta Falcons here coming into this football game. The last 11 times they've been home favorites, With opponents coming in there with revenge, the Falcons have not beat the spread one time. They're 0-10-1 to the spread. Big-time double revenge, chip on the shoulder for Aaron Rodgers as the dog. I have to line up with the Packers for my side in this Sunday night football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And it's time to hop out to Las Vegas as we visit with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com. Andy, I know it's a hectic time out there right now. The Super Book Contest is now solidified. We're talking about the record-setting Super Book Contest at the Westgate. How are you doing entering week number two of the NFL season this week?
4: Well, Mark, good. Uh, good morning, and I'm glad that you were able to make it through uh, Hurricane Irma. Uh, Hurricane Irma relatively unscathed. Things starting to get back to normal, as I understand it, and that's good for all. Uh, certainly, a lot better than the results in the first week of the uh, Super Contest. Uh, would indicate a very tough week for, as you pointed out, a record-setting field. And In fact, not only was it a record-setting field, it broke the record set last year by nearly 50%. There were 1,854 entries last year. This year, 2,748 entries. The winner is going to receive a little bit more than $1.3 million. And in fact, even the mini contest has more entrants this year eligible than there were total entries last year, 2,328. Are eligible for the final three-week mini contest, and by the way, that new super contest, gold, the winner-take-all contest, a five-thousand-dollar entry fee, ninety-four entries for the first season. That's a four-hundred-and-seventy-thousand-dollar winner-take-all payday, and I think that uh, far exceeded the expectations of Jay Cornegay and the staff at the Westgate, who were thinking perhaps between fifty and seventy-five. I actually made the number 62, and uh, that was blown out by more than 50% as well.
1: It sounds like the country is prospering right now, Andy, with all these record amount of entries in here. And before we get over what the contest did last week in the first week and go over some of those results, i got to ask your opinion here about the gold contest, the uh, the winner-take-all gold contest. And we contemplated heavily about joining that. But we didn't, largely because we didn't feel that uh, there would be enough entries in there to warrant winner-take-all. Now that we've approached near 100 entries, and likely next year we'll surpass that, uh, maybe who knows what, maybe you can get up to 150. Do you feel that Jay Cornegay and the staff there might consider it rather than being winner take all, doing a win place and show for that super contest where people can at least finish second, make some money and get third, get their money back out? Or do you like the theme of winner take all?
4: I like the theme of winner-take-all because they have the main contest to pay not just win place and show but the top 50 places. There's a certain sort of uh, excitement generated by a winner-take-all situation, and I think the fact that they drew nearly 100 entries—in fact, they drew almost the same number of entries— as the Golden Nugget contest that's in its third season as well this year. That has a $2,000 entry fee. That uh, that contest includes both college and pro sides in total, so that's an all-inclusive contest, and they've gone from I think 87 to about 96 and now 95 this year. Suggest so that there is an appetite for such a uh, winner-take-all $5,000 entry fee. Now, I do a number of things out here, of course, in addition to handicapping and playing. I also do some proxying, and I have a number of people who did enter both contests. What I am telling people to do, if they're interested in entering the $5,000 winner-take-all, is be sure you back that up with an entry in the regular contest, because you'd hate to end up having a 64 or 65% season in the Super Contest Gold, finish second place, and have nothing to show for it, whereas that same 64 or 65% even with this huge field, is going to get you a top 10 finish and perhaps at least a five and certainly even possibly a six-figure return.
1: Really good point there, Andy, about backing that entry up in the Superbook Gold contest next year. And we can get into that a little bit more detail as we get down the stretch inside this contest. And as I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, it was a bit of a rocky week as far as the consensus went last week.
4: Well, we had a rough start to last year's uh, season in the Super Contest, and this season arguably has started even worse because not only did the top five selections, the consensus selections, if you will, go 0-5, selection number 6, also lost to the spread, and you're talking about a large number of, uh, of uh, contestants on each of those selections, and there's been some thought that because of the popularity of the contest that there's going to be a lot of quote-unquote dead money in the pool, a lot of uh, casual NFL handicappers, bettors who maybe don't have the experience or the techniques to really compete for that 65 to 68% that many people think will win this contest, or at least have you up in the... Uh, Top uh, five or ten in the uh, in the in the final standings, but when I uh, take a look at the breakdown of the contestants last week, the favored team of the 15 games, and of course uh, there were um, uh, there was the one game between Miami and Tampa Bay that was not played. So only 15 games last week. The favored team was the uh, more popular team in 10 of those 15 games. Those favorites actually ended up go four and six. So the teams that were favored, uh, as far as the consensus plays go, the underdogs last week were one, three and one, uh, those uh, teams that had the uh, more popular than, uh, than the favorite team overall five, nine and one for the contest. Interestingly enough, and this is something I, I started to track last year. I'm going to track it again and report it this year. If you just took the top five underdogs, regardless of who they were and didn't care about the opposition, because obviously the opposition is in theory, the better team. And in such case, the much better team. Just playing the top five underdogs in the contest last week, you would have gone three and two. Uh, for the first week of the season, there were nine perfect cards that went five and zero, and another twenty went four zero and one. It's a long season. Uh, there's p- plenty of time to overcome a one and four or a two and three start. But if you've had one of those one and four or two or three starts, it better be your only one of the season.
1: Well, nine entries out of twenty-seven hundred and forty-eight show up with a perfect five and zero ticket. I think that's about a 3% win rate for the 5-0 uh, and o tickets this week. And it uh, sounds a little bit sh- short to me, but I guess it's what happens, Andy, when you have a rough week like it was last week, 0-5 on the consensus, 5-9-1 and one overall. So it, I guess it all comes out in the wash, the fact that it was a rough week for most of the contestants inside the contest. We're visiting with Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy also publishes one of the most outstanding weekly football newsletters in the land. If you haven't done so yet to get a copy, uh, check it out at the logical approach.com weekly football newsletter. And Victor, I know you've got a question or two. You'd like to run by Andy on the show this week as well.
2: Yeah. I just wanted to get Andy's opinion on the week one review at the top of the show. We mentioned that. Oh, it was pretty much a split out week in terms of NFL underdogs and favorites uh, with a seven, seven and one ATS record. But maybe Andy's got a comment on the over-under results. I would think that with 67% of the games going under the total, it was probably a decent overall weekend for the uh, bookmakers out there in the sports books. But perhaps they gave some back with both Monday night games going over the total, Andy.
4: Yeah, I think overall the tone was set for the weekend when Kansas City pulled the outright upset of New England on Thursday night because that not only killed a number of money line parlays on the Patriots, it obviously killed a lot of teasers on the Patriots as well. Now, the books had some uh, very good moments in week one, and I've, I've always maintained that week one raises many, many more questions than it answers. Now, as far as the over-under results, I think a lot of it may do may be due to the uh, restrictions in practice uh, over the course of the summer. The fact that uh, many teams uh, rest uh, their starters for basically three and sometimes three and a half games of the preseason so that the play is a little bit sloppy in the early going and I would think we may see that turnaround of course this week of course part of it is also due to the uh, to the matchups we saw a number of uh, teams match up in week one that had limited offenses but average to above average defenses we see a little bit of a difference of that this week so we might see a few more unders than we had last week and maybe it'll be a more like a 50/50 uh, split this week as it was between uh, favorites and unders dogs, but I think overall the books had a pretty good week. And I think, in fact, if you want to take a look at one of the other contests, uh, one of the uh, casino properties out here has a last man standing, a King of the Hill contest. And they had, I want to say it was close to 80% of the entries in the first week lost. I want to say they had something like 4,500 entries and only uh, slightly under 900 of those entries remain alive going into week two which is uh, pretty unusual more often than not over the last several years when they've had that contest about 50 percent of the entries survive from week one to week two so i think that in and of itself shows how tough a week it was for the uh uh for the nfl uh, handicapper and better in general and i think again the super contest reflects that I would expect that the players will have a little bit more success in week two. But keep in mind, last year also was a year that went the players way more often than not. And there's usually it tends to be a regression from one year to the next, certainly when you look back over the last few years. And in fact, the super contest showed that last year is that it took a lower winning percentage to win the contest than it did the three previous years were, including one year, it was up to around 77, 78 percent.
1: Interesting observations from Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. We're getting the Vegas vibe from Andy and what's going on in Las Vegas during this 2017 football season here, Andy. And uh, you know, one quick mention before we go over to your, your pick of the week our listeners would like to know this week is uh, with regard to that King of the Hill type contest, uh, survivor pools, if you will. Uh, so many of them dumped out last week. What, was your take uh, because of maybe New England going down or maybe they weren't even eligible because it was a Thursday game and there was no other likely choice that was logical in the other games because the, the favorites were of less than a touchdown? Or what was the reason you feel that the King of the Hill contest entries suffered as poorly as they did?
4: Well, let me make a couple of things. Number one, the Thursday games are eligible. The other thing is, this is not the traditional King of the Hill uh, contest where you just pick the straight-up winner. This one involves picking the games against the points, spread, And as a result, you saw a lot of teams that were heavily favored. I got caught up in it as well. I had the Cincinnati Bengals last week. I'll mention them again in a moment. Uh, they went down. You had the Houston Texans in a favorable situation as favorites. They went down. Uh, you had uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, Atlanta Falcons failing to cover the spread by a half point to a point. uh, I think it was either six and a half or seven in the contest last week, and that were a very popular play. So I think it was just the fact that you had so many outright upsets, including a a number of favorites, of of, uh, popular favorites, that might have won their game but didn't cover, such as Atlanta, that caused it. I think that if you go in years past, uh, and you bring up a good point, you did not have any higher favorites last week, I believe, than uh, the six and a half or seven. Now, you did have the Chiefs plus nine, but the Thursday night games in the Super Contest, as well as these other contests, are usually infrequently played because the betters and the players want to have more time to study the card. But when you looked at Sunday and Monday's card last week, you did not have a uh, uh, favorite uh, other than uh, the Bills and Jets of really more than six and a half, maybe seven points. And I think that relative parity uh, lends itself to more upsets.
1: Interesting observation about wins and no covers from teams in the national football league, as opposed to straight up dog winners. When you get a combination of both inside, that's when you'll find these King of the Hill type plays going down. Andy, before I let you go, your complimentary play on the NFL football card this week, if you would.
4: Well, I was going to mention that. Uh, I think I misunderstood last week when you asked me for a complimentary play. I thought you were asking me for which team would not score last week. Cause I went with the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals,
2: uh, and,
4: <laughs> one of the more, uh, embarrassing efforts for the, uh, franchise, uh, I still felt the situation look good. I'd make the same play again, obviously not knowing the results, but, uh, nonetheless, I'm going to go this week actually to the Monday night game where we may have seen an overcompensation in the line based upon the New York giants, poor performance against Dallas last week. I think it's now six straight games that the giants have not scored more than 20 points. This line actually opened the uh, last Sunday night with the, uh, the giants expected to be a about a five and a half point favorite, uh, against, uh, the lions on Monday night, the status of Odell Beckham Jr. up in the air. He was a late scratch Sunday night. There is some thought that he may or may not play this week. I'm guessing that the line is almost indicating that they expect him not to. I actually expect him to. We've seen this line, which opened at five and a half, come all the way down in a number of key places right now to as low as minus three. Uh, some big attacks, uh, I know at one of the offshore places it's minus 24, minus 25. One of the places here in Las Vegas, it's minus 20 on the minus three with the Giants. And I'm going to back the New York Giants to uh, rebound this week. They played a very, uh, very good Dallas team last week, I think a Dallas team that surprised us with the caliber of defense that it played, given their off-season losses. Giants have had offensive line problems dating back to last year, but that New York Giants defense is an outstanding defense. And in fact, uh, the last several games against Dallas, the two last year and the one this year, have been... Very, very low scoring games compared to past history between the Cowboys and uh, the Giants. Certainly if, OB, if OBJ is back, this line will go up. I think even at minus three without uh, Beckham in there, the Giants are worth a play to avoid an 0-2 start coming back home after that tough game. Detroit, fortunate somewhat in coming back against Arizona last week. Uh, we talked about Matthew Stafford in years past, his his poor record against teams that finished the season with winning records. so maybe the success he had last week may be more indicative of uh, the future lack of success that Arizona may have, although I don't put that poor record entirely on Matthew Stafford, and he did what he did so often last year, and that's Come from behind in the fourth quarter with the uh, with the Lions. These teams met last year. The Giants won the game 17 to six, indicative of their defense. I'm going to look for the Giants to squeak out a win this week. Maybe about six to eight points. Maybe somewhere along the line of 24 to 16. Maybe something like 20 to 13. I think we'll see the Giants get a number of field goals, but I think we're also going to see them cross the end zone this week.
1: Andy Isco likes the value with the New York Giants this week against Fat and Happy Detroit. He'll lay the points with them on the Monday night football matchup for his complimentary play on the show this week. Andy, once again, a great job, as always, on the show this week. We really look forward to your segment here, The Vegas Vibe with Andy Isco. And be sure to check out his website, thelogicalapproach.com, to download his newsletter just in time for the games this week. Andy, we'll look forward to visiting with you next week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck this week. and May the ball bounce your way.
4: Mark, Victor, thanks very much. Uh, Continue your uh, recovery to a normal routine. Let's all have a great weekend. I'll look forward to speaking with you next week.
1: Thank you so much. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We'll put the final wraps on the show this week. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, along with mine and Victor's complimentary plays as well, when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the
0: Spread. you need guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and g as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. There's a storm
3: coming, a firestorm. Get ready to raise your game, because watching sports will never be the same. Introducing Fire Van, it's a game changer. Finally, a sports app that puts you into the game. You predict the scores. You call the plays all in real time while you watch and compete against celebrities, friends, family, and other die-hard sports fans. The more you call it, the more points you can achieve. Be a loyal fan and earn loyalty rewards. Don't miss the hottest sports app of the year, FireFan. Ignite your passion. Download your Firefan app today at Firefan.com. Enter player rewards code Free Firefan. That's player rewards code FREE Firefan. Play the game. Fan the fire. Earn rewards. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his aw- 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 awesome angle of the week.
1: All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week in college football. This week, we call it military manner. And what we look to do is to plan any college football military underdog of 20 or more points. If they're facing an opponent, that's coming off a loss. These military dogs are mighty disciplined. They don't quit. They also love to run the football and shorten the clock. These military manner dogs are now 24 and 10 against the spread in this role. This week, we'll be playing on Army, plus the points when they visit the Horseshoe in Columbus to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes Army for our Military Manor Awesome Angle Play of the Week. And with that, Victor, I'm going to hand it off to you with your complimentary play on the football card this week. And just a quick interesting sidebar note before you get to your play, Victor. I did notice that the two teams in Los Angeles are both at home this week, the Rams and the Chargers, and they'll be drawing for fans, if you will, I know the Chargers don't have a big stadium to play in to begin with. I think it's only a 26 or 27,000-seat uh, stadium to begin with, but it'll be interesting to see how the crowd splits out in Los Angeles when these two L.A. NFL teams take the field this Sunday. Your thoughts on that and your complimentary play, if you would, this weekend.
2: Well, it's all about winning. The Rams are 1-0, <laughs> the Chargers are 0-1, and you're right, the StubHub Center... Twenty-eight to thirty thousand, I believe, is the capacity. They only averaged twenty-one thousand in their two preseason games. So it's going to be the Rams with the big crowd out there. Uh, Our before we get to our free play, let's not forget about the newsletters. We got Playbook newsletter available for ten dollars. Mark is promoting a big underdog game in college football. I'm sure he'll have more details about that. And let's not forget about the total tip sheet. We had numerous requests that responded for our free copy of last week's issue number one. And we're very pleased with the results. Uh, King and Speedy, we stared down Irma. And like your granddaughter said, we smacked that bitch down really, really nice (laughs) with a 3-0 record. The three plays last week were Falcons-Bears under, Cardinals-Lions over. And then Speedy had a real nice late afternoon snoozer. He loves sleeping during these late afternoon games. We had the Panthers and the Niners under the total. A game that finished with a final score of, I believe, 23-3. to 3. So a nice start for the tip sheet. Issue number two is available for just $8 at the playbook.com website. And this week, Mark, we're going to go under the total. And I think there's some great value here in this game in the NFL And again, you're probably going to want to play it as soon as possible. Not just your overs, but the unders as well. The earlier you can play them, the better the line value is going to be. And it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs under the total. The line in this particular game, it opened at, what, 48? It's only come down a half to 47 and a half. And I got my action in at that number of 47 and a half. If this game was played last season... The over-under line could very well have only been 42 to 43 points. So I think we're already getting about four and a half to six points of value in this particular game. The line is as high as it is because naturally both teams are off pretty high scoring results in week one. The Chiefs scoring 42 on the road against New England and the Eagles scoring 30 on the road against the Washington Redskins. What I like about this under is we got two top notch passing defenses squaring off against each other. In fact, before all is said and done, this Philadelphia pass defense is going to be one of the best passing defenses in the NFL. And again, I do want a piece of the under in this interconference game. We all know what KC did last week against Tom Brady they held him to the worst completion percentage for any quarterback in week one when he went 16 for 36. And on the flip side, Philadelphia, again on the road, almost replicated that feat against Kirk Cousins, who was only 23 for 40 with a QBR of only 72.9, holding Washington to only 17 points at home. And we all know, sharp over-under bettors know, that Washington's offense is much different at home than they are on the road. On the road, they're pedestrian. Usually at home, they're a great offense, 21 or more points per week, except last week in their opener against the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Sharp OU bettors are also aware that Kansas City is the league's best home under team in this decade. In fact, in the last seven years, Chiefs are 14, 38, and 2 over under in all home games, including 8 and 27 over-under when the over-under line is 42 or more points. And that includes an almost perfect 1 and 13 over-under in the last three years. And yes, we're aware the Chiefs went over the total in Thursday's first game of the season. But here you go. This has gone 4, 21, and 3 over-under last five years. It pertains to game two teams Off a Game 1 win that went over the total, that applies to the Chiefs, when the over-under line is in the range of greater than 42 or less than 51 points. And again, both teams off a win. That's also a good signal for the under as well. 1-9-1 over-under since 2010. Game 2 home favorites of a field goal or more when both teams are off a straight-up win in Game 1. It applies to Kansas City and Philadelphia. Get your action in. We're already getting four and a half to six points of value. Mark, we're going Eagles Chiefs under for our play this week on the podcast. And there's one game in the NFL I like. It's our four-star over of the week. We'll put it up at the playbook.com website on Friday evening. And, of course, best of luck this weekend.
1: Victor King goes under the total. In the Eagles-Chiefs game for his complimentary call on the show this week, and be sure to get down on that big four-star overplay this weekend. Also, download your copy of the Red Hot NFL Totals tip sheet, all available online for you at playbook.com. Before I get to my complimentary call, I want to remind you once again that our good friends at mybookie.ag are offering a 100% sign-up bonus to all listeners of the show. To take advantage of this 100% sign-up bonus, simply... Log on at mybookie.ag, use the promo code playbook, that's mybookie.ag, use the promo code playbook, or give them a call toll-free, the number is one bets that's one 2387 to get your 100% sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag. Victor mentioned I'm doing my $99 football weekend of winners this weekend. It's a big $100 savings, and it will also include my college football underdog game of the month. If you'd like live dogs that look to win the football games in straight-up fashion, I've got one targeted this Saturday for the college football underdog game of the month. Get on board with my $99 football weekend of winners. To do so, log on at playbook.com. Or give me a call toll-free, the number is 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary call on the football show this week comes directly from the Playbook Football Newsletter this week. It's our featured college football upset special when Kentucky takes on South Carolina in a key SEC battle this Saturday. Kentucky goes into the football game as a 17-returning starter dog team who last year, by the way, won at Louisville in their final road game of the season straight up as 28-point dogs. They opened up the season this year on the road with a win at Southern Mississippi. Now they travel to South Carolina to take on the Gamecocks, who think they're a good team sitting at 2-0 and this season, despite the fact that if you look inside the numbers, you look to see South Carolina was out-yarded in both of those victories by 150 yards a game net stat average, phony inside-out wins for South Carolina. Go back last year, if you will, and look at South Carolina's last two wins of the season. They were both phony inside-out stat wins. They open up this season 2-0 with phony inside-out stat wins, and they're laying points to Kentucky, who I feel is clearly the better football team here. I like Kentucky plus the points. This would be a midweek alert special play the midweek alert stat newsletter will come out next week. And if it were out this week, you would have seen Kentucky right at the top of the list in the midweek this week. We'll play Kentucky plus the points for our complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank everybody listening here. Victor King from King Creole Sports for his amazing contributions on the show. Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas each and every week from TheLogicalApproach.com. And our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.